Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Greetings. This evening's Dharma talk is titled, What a Fool Sees. This comes from a quote by uh, Dogen Zenji, the 13th century founder of this particular lineage of Buddhism, the Soto lineage. And it is, uh, see if I can remember it, uh, a fool sees himself as another, while one who is wise sees, how does that go? Others as himself. Sees others as himself. Odd thing to be saying. A fool is uh, mixed up about identity and will quite often try to reaffirm that. One of the things we often hear people say in conversation, well, I've always thought this and this and this. Or else they'll say, well, I'm the kind of person who uh, just doesn't, I just don't uh, do this. I don't donate money to uh, charities. I'm the kind of person who just doesn't, I'm the kind of, I'm the kind of, always describing themselves and redefining in, in, in a way that helps them continue to act like a fool fundamentally. The wise person actually everywhere they look, they're actually seeing that they're not separate from anyone. They, they're not seeing themselves as some kind of individual identity. That doesn't mean that they don't function in such a way to, to um, when they go to put on their shoes, they don't know which shoes are theirs. They're not, they're not confused about the separation, but they're also not confused about the fundamental nature of their identity and the identity, identity of everyone else, that it is not separate. And in your mind stream, if when you ever, when anything arises in the mind stream to get in your way or obstruct something you want, you or the fool, not that you're a fool, you might not be a fool at all, we push back because we want this or we don't want that. We buy into the three poisons as being somehow accurate because it's our feeling. This is how I feel. Well, the way I feel is, well, how do you feel about that, Jim, George, Herman? How do you feel, Mary? How do you feel? What do you think about? We tend to swap ideas and opinions. What's your opinion about um, this or that? And we have conversations that continually reify that uh, foolishness. That, that you are a separate being. <clears throat> if, you, if we saw our true nature, if you actually saw your true nature, if everyone saw their true nature, there would be no need for even maybe some regulations, but not many laws or rules because the respect for others would, would come welling out of you every time you were around anyone. You would just be respectful. This doesn't mean that you would... Um, fall at their feet and worship everyone. It doesn't mean that you would do as you're told by others because we're all one. It's not a, it's not a you're, we're all one kind of dynamic. The fool sees himself as another or as one who is wise, uh, sees himself, herself, has the others be my way of saying it. I'm not sure how the Japanese, was how the original Japanese uh, for that quote uh, shows up. But 
what is seen is is not that your your identity and their identity are synonymous or there's still a, a great separation, just like there's separations between the fingers. The thumb never gets mixed up with the little finger. You don't mix those up. They're separated, but they're not separate. Similar image that I use quite often as a metaphor for the idea of not separate. You can contemplate that a little, a little while. Contemplate the way in which you divide yourself away from others. Um, one of the ways that we often do it is to judge others. Criticize others. Get down on others. And it's it's not that we shouldn't. It's not that we it's not that we shouldn't be critical of someone who is who is uh, uh, who is uh, so chaotic that they're causing suffering and difficulty and pain to others. It's not that we shouldn't see that, or even perhaps even step into it. But that stepping into it wouldn't necessarily come out of an attitude of warfare that that person has to be stopped or punished or the whole idea of punishment is an incredible misunderstanding. But we continue to elaborate on our who we are and what we're doing and how we feel and what we think about what other people are thinking about what we're thinking and what we think about what the other people are thinking about what we're thinking they're thinking. You know I'm describing something that we're doing all the time. It sounds kind of silly if we say it that way, but it's actually true. We're actually thinking about what other people are thinking we think. We even say it sometimes. Well, I don't want you to think that I think that you're incorrect. We have those little conversations with our so-called self and the so-called other, and we go back and forth and trade sides with that continually reestablishing, reaffirming some kind of possibility of getting control of things from the point of view of a relative person who has themselves or has their situation under control. So the idea here is, is to actually see this yourself. See, watch, observe, see the way the mind continues to arise and push arise and pull or elaborate or change or modify or reinterpret and the way the mind shows up to shut down or turn away from or distract those three poisons. Protect that which is not really threatened. There isn't, there is no solid self in the skandhas, the form, feeling, perception, form, feeling, perception, concept, thinking process, and consciousness of the six sense fields and their objects. They don't show up as somebody, as some solid being. This doesn't mean that if you realize this, that suddenly you don't know who you are and you, you, um, you try to go and get on the bus and then you realize that you're not on the bus, you're imagining yourself as somebody else getting on the bus. That's not saying you're nuts, you're somehow crazy. As Trungpa Rinpoche once said, if awakening were uh, that kind of crazy, we'd have to have an, uh, an enlightenment ward. Rather, what you're seeing is the fundamental nature of this world with all of the beings and all of the comings and goings that are, are based on warfare, based on peace there. I'm trying to go the other way and calm everything down and be peaceful 
without looking at the fundamental disturbance itself, which is mistaken identity. Thinking that there is some person who can get somewhere, thinking that there is some person who can become realized or become not so foolish. So the idea is to look at the disturbance in your mind stream as you interact with other people, with your, your partner, your mate, your husband, your wife, your son, daughter, mother, father. But look at that, that dynamic, the way that operates. And notice the way you are protecting some things and uh, ignoring other things in the mind stream. It is about awareness. It is not about some kind of accomplishing some kind of strategy for, for somehow not making any more mistakes or somehow having some kind of control or some kind of oversight, some kind of supervision over everything so nothing goes awry. Shogabang, it seems like sometimes we talk about foolishness or embarrassment and then we talk about fundamentally being a fool. Does the being a fool have a quality or a characteristic like being embarrassed does? I think it does. A willingness to be a fool is something Chung Parampache would talk about. Just a willingness to not always constantly protect or justify or validate or make excuses for anyone's particular activity. A willingness to, a willingness to lose. A willingness to be at a loss. A willingness to be foolish. So to, I could also say on top of what Dogen said, that the that the person who is who really realizes their foolishness um, ten minutes ago, that might have been the fool, but then they realize it. By realizing they're foolish, they actually aren't foolish anymore because they're aware of that. It, it even says there's a saying somewhere, the fool that who persists in his folly will become wise. I don't know if I would go along with that or not, but it's an interesting statement to continue to do something that's foolish and then perhaps eventually realize what you've been up to. So it's like embarrassment. Shogun, is there still a discontinuity with realizing that one is a fool? What? Shogun, I guess I have this misunderstanding that if I see that I'm a fool, that that's something that will be a stable understanding. So I'm wondering if there's still discontinuity with... It won't necessarily stabilize. Further questions? Give me some help with this. Ask questions. Yes. The title being, What a Fool Sees? Yes. How can we change how we see something? By, by looking at the way you make assumptions about things, the way you grasp at some things and reject others, as if there's a solid separate being here who wants his or her way. And this is what Shikantaza or sitting meditation is about, to sit down and train your mind to watch what comes and goes without doing anything with it. So that possibly right on the cushion, more than likely, it'll be some time in your everyday life where you begin to see the way you're throwing up uh, 
um, moving and pushing and shoving ideas and concepts around to protect an imaginary being that you think you are that needs protection or needs to be right or doesn't want to be embarrassed, doesn't want to be wrong, or someone thinks we're wrong and we know we're not wrong, so we want to fight with them or argue with them or disagree with them. Or is like when we start to see that and that embarrassment shows up at what we've seen about ourselves um, there's a, a shutting down or an impulse to shut that down or shut awareness of that down how yes. do we keep seeing that so you're already saying that you can see it there's an impulse to want to shut that down and that impulse or that, that seeing or that awareness of that will continue to arise as long as there's mind training, as long as we're returning to some kind of structure that helps us see what is true rather than belief, things that protect us, protect our identity, opinions, ideas, and so on. Just, just that you're able to ask the questions, that, that particular question tells me that you're doing it. it just, you just need to do a lot of it. You need to return to it, return to the three jewels, return to the, to the wall, re return to training the mind to sharpening the awareness by watching what comes and goes in the mind stream without grasping, without rejecting, and without shutting down. And as we do that, as you all know, those of you who have done sitting meditation for years, know that you're very aware of the comings and goings of the mind. But sometimes we, we resist it. Something comes up instead of just observing it come and go, like whether we have an opinion about it, we have an idea about it, or we abandon that for who caused it. Blame. And it's not that that situation didn't, that you might be blaming, didn't cause in the sense of trigger it, but it, it was not necessarily the direct cause of it. It's, it's your nerve endings. It's just like I, I can take a needle and poke myself in the arm, and you may sympathize with that, may not feel so good, but it's my nerve ending. So if I say something to insult you or criticize you or point out something that you know that you've been doing, but you don't really want to be reminded of, then we could think that possibly think that we're our difficult feeling that has been triggered, that someone is actually causing that, doing that to us. It's a very complicated area to be responsible for your own feelings and emotions. You can take that back around and say, well, I thought there wasn't any self. And there isn't any self, but there is a body. There is a, a whole complex of, of uh, sensitivity going on there in terms of the consciousness or the mind. It's very, very complicated, which would be an understatement. So just that you can ask that question tells me that you're, you've been looking at it. You're looking at it now. You're, you are endeavoring to be responsible for what's happening. You couldn't ask that question. Further questions? Yes, Mundo. Uh, when you see the uh, foolishness or that feeling of foolishness or embarrassment or um, what Junshu was talking about, um, is it helpful to see that as the identity, see that as the ego, to flash on? Is it helpful to do that? Yes, to see that you're, you're protecting something that's unreal. 
the teachings are basically telling you that there is no solid self. It's a, a, there's no solid self in the skandhas. There's no self. There's no identity that that uh, any identity that is there is unreal, and it's based on hope and fear, and it's and it's run by passion, aggression, ignorance, grasping, uh, rejecting or fighting, and distracting or shutting down. And to one who no longer is enamored of that kind of illusion of control is just, I have to say it some way, they're just here all the time. There, there is no past or present for them. I'm not saying that they don't think about, well, tomorrow I'm going to do this or do that. Or yesterday I did this. Of course, there's, a, there's an understanding of it that way. But the fundamental nature is always, it's always here. More. It seems like if you see that, that, dis, that disturbance, I think you called it also, um, as your false identity, um, it seems like you're creating otherness, separateness. How so? Like observers over here, and um, there's this ego that you can see at work. Mm -hmm. That shows up that way, doesn't it? What do you do about that? It seems like um, we want to see not separate, but yet um, creating separation there. Um, so that separation, that's, that's the beginning of seeing that that otherness is unreal. That, is, that, that ego is, that fool is protecting himself from something that is, there's, uh, from, when there's, when there's no fundamental threat at all, nothing is really threatened. But it's the feeling, the paranoia, the seventh consciousness, as it is talked about in the uh, Yogacara tradition, that, that aspect of the consciousness called the seventh, or the klesha mind, where, where everything's on the lookout for a problem, or on the lookout for success, on the lookout for a failure, a relative, relative, relative. I want to ask, how can we see that ego as ourselves is that then is that what you're saying here so what i'm saying is we we have an identity that is unreal and that identity is validated by sometimes we're fearful of something sometimes we're really encouraged by something and and supported by something and so that that area of the consciousness shows up as being threatened or being supported, or being maybe ignored or indifferent, and and that that uh, identity is unreal. It's it's dependently arisen, and it gets its so-called validity from everything else. My way of talking about this is: don't believe your thoughts. Thoughts are going to keep coming and going, but if if when you have thoughts or emotions or feelings about anything. Uh, it's not that that isn't, doesn't have a relative, isn't substantial in a relative way. Of course it is. But if we, if we believe those thoughts, disbelieve this and believe that and set up that kind of a structure, then we're at the mercy of the causes and conditions that are all around us that we tend to ignore or to make assumptions about. If you realize your true nature, as Dogen said, I don't know where, what page is on, you, you, you may not realize it. You may not realize you're, you, you, you actually uh, become enlightened. 
because your idea of what enlightenment is, is always out here as a standard. And you keep looking to see if you're, and then finally you just, you just give up. Stop looking for anything. No longer want anything. You never want it, and no longer want something to be different. You no longer want more of something or less of something. You no longer have a position on anything. But you might not, might not realize that you're awake. You might just think, you know, give a shit about anything. But that's probably not the case. If you're actually coming up with that kind of conclusion, then there's some kind of a self behind there that's kind of sarcastic. It's, well, I'm just not going to care about anything anymore. We're not talking about that. Sir. Shokobai, does fear need otherness to arise as fear? It needs the illusion of a threat. Something's wrong. Something's going to take me over or control me. And that, mm -hmm, uh, Shogobang, it, it seems like sometimes there's just um, like a low-level fear that's uh, arising when there's nothing happening. So is the, is the threat still there? Yes. So let's say it this way. The threat or the fear or the emotion or the thought doesn't have to go anywhere. You don't have to get rid of fear. Fearlessness is not no more fear. It's just no one's afraid. Fearlessness can't, fearlessness can't find anybody that is afraid. Because there is no solid self in this context. There's no solid being anywhere. This does not mean that you won't run out of a burning building. You're not silly. This doesn't mean that you won't, um, if you're walking down a street and a uh, dark street or something going to your car and you see uh, someone mulling around uh, near your car that you won't be cautious about that, saying that you might get, uh, they might uh, roll you over and steal your money or hurt you. This doesn't mean that you won't see that. But it isn't like you're foolish, like don't, you know, devil may care, that you, you're clear about that, what that is. Shabang. Um, what is paranoia when it's just ordinary? You're afraid of something that is not threatening. And, and the, the paranoia reifies, substantiates the, the self that is imaginary. Something comes up, you see somebody, you know, two people are talking and they're kind of nodding towards you. And, and then you notice they don't realize that you're looking at them, you're watching them. And you you start coming up with conclusions about what they're talking about. They're talking about you're talking behind your back. Any of that is very, very happens to us all the time in some way. Something's going on behind your back kind of thing. To one who is not a, a fool using that kind of a polarity is not a fool who understands the nature of the self, understands what this is all the way through is uh, not paranoid. This doesn't mean they don't possibly think that maybe somebody's talking about them, but they don't care. They're not concerned with other people's neurosis or need to gossip or bitch about somebody or point the finger. Not concerned about that. More? Good area to go into. Sure, when you say they're not concerned, 
It doesn't mean they're dismissive. They see it, but they understand, right? just like the, the one who sees what this is, when they are attacked by someone else who is upset with them, even if it's justified in some way, or the person can has got some kind of a justification, the person who is clear about this understands the nature of um, people who are confused about the nature of themselves and the nature of reality. It doesn't mean that they're going to give them a break and let them let you're going to let the person kill you or hurt you, but you understand that they're coming out of confusion and fear instead of there's somebody I've got to go to war with. Instead, you see not only the war that's coming towards you or the criticism or the gossip or whatever, but you also see that it's coming out of a deep insecurity, deep fear uh, that is confused with um, confusion about being uh, in the human realm or being in the hell realm being in the jealous God realm or any of the other states of mind that tend to uh, cloud the mind. Yu Hong Baoying. Go ahead. I don't mean to pick up what you said. <clears throat> Just now you said, don't believe the thoughts. So when when you say that, it's already feel like shut down. I said, oh, this is story. It's not me. I feel like it's already shut down what is arising. So how can I observe okay. that? You can address that. If you say, don't believe the thought, if you're lecturing yourself, this is not what I'm talking about. Uh, it has to go, it's even more radical, more basic than that. It's not you commenting on don't believe the thoughts. Don't lecture yourself. This doesn't mean that you can't use a reminder out of a Tisha Seven Boings of Mind training or any other kind of reminder to help you on the path. But when it comes to not believing your thoughts, uh, you don't have to say, you don't have to lecture yourself about it. You can actually see the thought and don't do anything with it. Don't push it away. It means you believe it. Don't grasp at it. It means you believe it. And don't ignore it. Because then, then you give that thought or that, that whatever is arising in the mind stream, uh, you give it some kind of credibility where it can continue to spin. So don't believe it. Don't disbelieve it. And don't ignore it or look away from it. And don't make any comment on it. Make no, elabor no elaboration at all. You will not get credit for not believing your thoughts or not disbelieving your thoughts or not ignoring your thoughts. Those are the three poisons. And it, it takes a while. It takes a long time to function in such a way that you can, that your, your clarity or your openness, another word for clarity, is so open and unobstructed by a self that agrees or disagrees or ignores that anything is welcome. So therefore, whatever anybody throws at you, you can receive. This doesn't mean you're going to be some kind of pushover and let somebody rob you or murder you or whatever. But you're clear about what's going on. You're clear about the incredible suffering or pain that maybe someone else is going through that is trying to get rid of that pain by blaming you. Even though they might be able to have a, have a story that shows where they have the right to blame you, you actually said this or did this or in some way. So it's about awareness and being clear about it rather than about not having any more thoughts or, or some kind of positionality of, I'm just not going to believe my thoughts. Consider what I've just said. Don't believe it. It's true. Don't disbelieve it. It's not true. And don't look away from it. What problem?
or ignore. We all have our work cut out for us in that area. Further questions? Mr. Valley, um, if something difficult is happening, if I'm blaming someone for some emotion I'm feeling, um, and it, it looks like maybe somebody is to blame or there's a lot of negativity going towards yes. them. And if I'm endeavoring to be responsible for those feelings, but the but it looks like the feelings are permeating, um, are showing up somehow towards the other person. Mm -hmm. Is there an action or a way of working with endeavoring to be responsible for the emotion? The way you're asking the question, I, I would say there is, but I would, I, I feel, I think that the only, only way that can be worked with is you have to do it. You've asked the question in such a way that I have to say, yes, there is a way, but it's not like repeating a slogan or it's not like uh, something like that. You're closer to the actual uh, texture of that raw emotion that wants to put it on somebody else. You're close enough to that, that I would say just just feel the texture, just receive the texture instead of instead of taking and turning around what you're feeling or receiving, you're telling me you're receiving it, instead of turning that around and make it in and into a an accusation of finger point, or you did this, or you even in your own mind stream, don't don't necessarily even do that in your own mind stream and say that though you may not say that to them. But then if you you may not be able to do that. You, you you may feel like you just are upset with them or mad. And the only thing you can do is just get out of there so you don't say something that's rude or abusive. Is to just leave the situation. Have you been there? Just don't give up on it. Continue to be responsible for how you feel. That's what it sounds like you're endeavoring to do, and that's what your question is about. It's not that the relative situation of this caused this caused this. It's not that that doesn't happen. It's just that when we take that and try to make it into a some motivation for getting rid of that emotion by sending it to somebody else or throwing it back at them because it looked like they threw it at you. And and they may have, they may, they may be trying to get rid of that by blaming you. That's why that's where wars come from. They attack and then they attack you and then you attack them and go back and forth. And there's, there's really fundamentally no one is to blame for any of that. This is dependently arisen. Even the self, the ego is dependently arisen. It just seems extremely real and authentic. Seems very, very substantial. And like we, we need to get rid of this. We don't need to get rid of it. We need to see that it see what it is. Other questions? Isaac Bowen. Isaac, go ahead. Um you say you teach, or a true teacher teaches out of what they see and not out of what they know. Um, does a true teacher teach out of concepts that they see? So they might, they, they, I'm not, I can't speak for anybody who teaches the Dharma. I can't say this as a general 
a way of uh, explaining everything that's going on there. I don't know for sure, but I know that I could not teach out of concepts. I teach out of what I see, and then the concepts come up and uh, are kind of secondary. But I, I can still refer to concepts like the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the Twelve Links. Those are all concepts that until I saw this, I wasn't sure what the concepts are pointing at. I, I studied the 12 links on the chain of existence back in the 70s and 80s for years, trying to understand what that was saying. Even though I could see how it broke down, I could not understand. And now I still don't understand in a relative way, but it supports what I'm looking at. So therefore, I can, I can teach out of it. I can refer to them. But a scholar might come along who you know, who has studied these and is doing this uh, strictly with a, maybe not even strictly, maybe they have some insight too, but are using our heavy conceptual structures to uh, talk about, delineate and show how this all works. Uh, uh, they can, you know, I probably will have to walk out of the room. I'll just lose. As it going, you yeah. say the concepts are secondary. What What is primary for you? Vision. You you actually see it. You don't see something else. And how are you going to say, say to somebody when you're looking at, sitting here looking at Shoka, and I'm looking at myself. I'm looking at you on the screen. I'm looking at myself. I, I also see Isaac, of course. And I know that this old man is over here and you're over there. But the fundamental situation I'm looking at is not separate. And it's extremely powerful. And I highly recommend that all of you practice this until you see what this is, either in this life or a possible other lifetimes. I don't know how that works. It looks like this goes on and on and on. Just don't give up. See it yourself. I can't hand it to you. All I can do is say, I'm looking at it and I see it. I don't promise anything whatsoever. I can't promise anything. It would be a cheap shot to do that. You may never see it, but I feel that if you're listening to me, there's a very good possibility you're ready to hear this and you're ready to look at what is being pointed at. I know if you go on YouTube or any other, not just YouTube, but go and listen to Dalai Lama or listen to famous teachers, famous who have thousands of students, listen to Trungpa Rinpoche. A lot different situation that's happening here. Not better, not worse. It's just uh, if this makes sense to you on some level, or we have some kind of re you resonate with what I'm saying, then you're probably ready to see what it is I'm pointing at, which I point at all day long. Anyone will listen to me. More about concepts, Isaac? Isaac Bowling, um, is the primary vision you speak about, are, are words concepts, Bowling? Yeah. yeah, there's structures, a word like uh, banana split does not mean uh, atomic bomb different words. So, but if I say banana split, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and unless you're, you've never heard of that before. I've never heard of what that is or get it mixed up with, uh, with some other situation. 
just like uh, going between one language and another. It's very interesting. When uh, you and I have been studying uh, for some time now, uh, Mandarin and Chinese language. It's very interesting the way those words show up, just like we're all studying with the help of Chisho and, uh, and Carl and, uh, and other people that are participating and Chiesa and so on, up studying, uh, uh, translating, uh, not translating, but learning to chant the, uh, the 30 verses of Vasubandhu, which I think is a really, really valuable teaching that is a set of concepts created in the, what, the fourth century by Vasubandhu that talk about the nature of, of um, a subject and object. So the nature of non-duality, powerful, powerful teaching. So we're, it's interesting to look at those words. And like I say, with the help of Chisho, who speaks uh, Sanskrit and knows these words and, and also knows how to look them up when he doesn't know them. So, uh, you know, it's just interesting to see how language is used to convey certain kinds of ideas. It's really fascinating to me. And also chi the Chinese or Mandarin, also, it's uh, quite amazing uh, to look into that. But these are ways that concepts come into some kind of a structure or form as a name or as a sound or as a, as a, as a glyph or some kind of a diagram. In the West, of course, we have a, a phonetic kind of alphabet. But the Mandarin is just astonishing because some of those, I think, was it? Uh, you, hung, you probably have an idea, or maybe Joyce does, uh, that uh, is there like 30 or percent of the is it 30% that are of the characters are actually like pictographs? They actually represent what the, they look like the word, what the word is pointing to. And other ones are more abstract. So those are like, those are like visible concepts. They have a structure and they point to something else. So the, the structure itself is not the thing, just like the concept of anger. Uh, we all know what anger is. We all, you could say we all agree what anger is, but your experience, my experience, and someone else's experience of anger or resentment or or something like that is probably going to be quite a bit different than the other person because of dependent origination brings on the illusion of individuality. And it's a powerful illusion to think that we're, to, to know and to sense that we're, we're so much different than others. Our emotions, our feelings, understanding, our our desire for uh, for this kind of entertainment or or maybe some kind of entertainment that people really love that you don't you can't understand at all why they would have any spend any time with that at all individuality is so powerful and kind of convinces us that we're a separate being and it's but it's just more dependent origination that gets together in some kind of a, a fruit salad of concepts and this is why it's so important for each of us to take this being that we call me or ourselves or I to a to the wall. Sit down and hold still and get to know yourself deeply. Get to know what what is happening in my mind stream. Not what Sokazan thinks about it or any other person thinks about it, but what what is fundamentally happening with me? And and eventually that shows up. Uh, in the form of passion, aggression, ignorance, hope, and fear, and all that. It starts to show up in that way so you can get a, an idea of what this fundamentally is. And if you see what it fundamentally is, you'll see that it is unreal. That your actual identity, even though they're, they're, you're here and you have ears, you're, you're, you've just had supper, you feel good, you're moving around, you do things, you have feelings, but there's no solid being, there's no personhood here. To realize that, 
All the, all the fear goes away. All the threat goes away. No one can threaten you. I'm not saying that someone can't come and say, I'm going to kill you. You might, might be afraid uh, from what's going to happen, but you're not fundamentally afraid. The fundamental fear is not there anymore. Fearless. Fearless. Don't, you don't need anything. You don't need something else. This doesn't mean if you're, if you're hungry, they don't need to eat, but there's no, the demand is gone. The demand for everything is gone. You've actually returned to your original nature, which is without a self. Yu Hong Baoying, you, you say see ourselves in others. Is that a, all the time? Is that a, is there a situational case? Uh, a little bit. What it is is to to see others and see that you're you're not separate from them. You're not. You know, I wouldn't say you're so much seeing yourself in them, but somewhat. I, it's very difficult to talk about that and have somebody be like you're talking about asking a, a question about it and uh, and go along with you and kind of say yes, you actually see yourself in somebody else, but you also are are seeing your projections about that person. And you see that your projection into that person, you're creating that rather than, than that person is showing up as that. It's, a, it's an extremely complicated area and, and needs to, the way you work with that is to find out who you are. So that when you look at other people, meet other people, you see that you're not separate from them. It doesn't mean you're the same, it's like the teaching Sandokai, the equality of sameness and difference. The difference is the equality. The sameness is the difference. Jake Bowing. Jake. I've been thinking about projections, um, and you just said you're seeing the projections of them. How, what, how do you regard those projections of another in order to... See them as yourself, Bowen. So you just notice that when you see someone coming in a room from somewhere else, maybe somebody you've never met before, or maybe it's somebody you've known for years, you notice that your ideas about them, positive, negative, neutral, however you want to say it, are, are uh, dependently arisen, that there's no, there's no validity there. You can't really know. Uh, in some kind of separate situation, who or what that person is or what is actually going on with them because it is something you're projecting onto them that you're looking at, not who they actually are. If you see, I'll say it as simply as I can. It might not <laughs> clear things up at all. If you see who's in front of you, if you see that other person, you don't see another person, you see yourself, you see your true nature. This is why, why Dogen says, uh, what's the quote again? <clears throat> Go ahead and read it. A fool sees himself as another. A fool sees himself as another. But a wise man sees others as himself. But a wise man sees others as himself. So it's not like, it's not like you, when you look at the other person, uh, that it's, that, that, that is you, or that, that is, uh, it, it's, a uh, it's just that the, the relationship there is so powerful that you're no longer separating yourself into this special being who knows more than the other person. 
that you're no, you're no longer doing the polarization there. So you actually see the other person, you're not separate from you. Uh, difficult to say without it sounding silly, perhaps. A question from Hassan. Hassan. When I sit, I can perceive the hollow state of everything. All phenomenon arises from not sure what and ceases quickly into I'm not sure what. I notice my mind tries to figure out the plane where things pop out from, but I don't see anything there. Should I just give up trying to figure out where things originate from? Yeah. Just watch what moves. I'm talking about Zazen, Chikantaza, sitting meditation. Just just watch the movement of the mind. Watch things come and go. Come and go. Don't fix anything. Don't create more any more chaos. Don't analyze anything. Don't, 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 don't. Don't, don't, don't. But do sit down and watch what continues to move in the mind stream or on the wall or down the hallway. Just just watch the movement of it. Return to your true nature. This is called actualizing the fundamental point, another teaching of Dogen. Just it's just this actualizing just this it's just this. Go ahead. When you say when um, we see others as ourselves, you're saying something more than just we're seeing our mind. So in other words, when we see others, we're actually seeing our concept of others. Yes. So when what this is pointing to is something different. This yes, is if you see the con. Well, it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's stages, but you see the concept, uh, the 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 projection of the other. What you think about the others, you might sense that, but you also know that's your projection and that's unreal. You may stop doing it. You may you may do it more. It may come. It may go. But when you look at what this fundamentally is, you see yourself. So it's a little of each, maybe a while where you're just seeing your, your, you're projecting onto things. You just watch that. You don't try to stop that. You don't try to improve, get better, be a person who doesn't project, a person who doesn't judge anybody. Because that's, that's right back to, well, I'm the kind of person that just doesn't judge anybody. You know, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. I used to judge people. I just saw the meaningless of that, so I stopped. That sounds pretty convincing. When you hear that from somebody, you say, yeah, bullshit. You might say that, but then, of course, you're doing what? Same thing <laughs> to them. But how do you do it and just let, let it be what it is? Very difficult in the midst of the confusion of oneself, that especially the anger that's arising in yourself and your mind stream sometimes, and the anger or the difficulty of the stress that's happening in your environment. It's very difficult to have a soft heart and allow things to be what they are. Actually, you could, you could say expose yourself, <clears throat> have a sense of, of, uh, of tenderness towards everything. Difficult to, it's not something you can just do. But what happens is if you just stop covering up, stop covering up, feel, feel everything, feel it all the way to the center of the earth. Kind of a romantic idea, but it's like that. You won't see anything but yourself. If you, if you don't see anything but yourself, you stop harming everyone. 
So the initial part might be seeing your projection onto others, which gives you a clue that you might be uh, missing something. And then you, then you may or may not see that you are not separate from anyone. But everywhere you look, you're seeing yourself. Yes. Jokobai, when you say everywhere you look, you're seeing yourself, does that person, does the, the Buddha nature still have a, an appearance of other? Yes, both. As other and not other. At the same time, it's called non-duality. Existence, non-existence. Pain and suffering, I mean the pain and the suffering, uh, pain and suffering and uh, pleasure and enjoyment. Not separate. Separated all to hell, but fundamentally not separate. And that's not something you just push them together and get some kind of result where you're no longer differentiating between those two. You have to actually see it. Question from someone who hasn't asked to start with. Go ahead. You have something? A question from Udi. Udi. Who is intending to see through the false identity and who does see through it? Buddha and Buddha. Always Buddha, Buddha. Actualizing the fundamental point, to use Dogen's. It's just that just this, uh, Dogen even says, when you sit down and face the wall, this is Buddha. More, Udi, more. And so it, that might not serve to be a, a response to Udi that's fundamentally going to help. Uh, the way he perhaps might like to be helped. I'm not speaking on his behalf necessarily, but it, it, it has to be responded to in a way that will, so you can fundamentally see what it is rather than use it as a relative thing where you can get a relative answer. There are people who, not this person, who will respond to you in a relative way. And maybe that's what you need. I don't know, but I cannot do that. Alshamba? Yes. When we see us, ourselves in others. Are we seeing both Buddha nature and the ego that's covering that up? Um, Perhaps. Um, how Shambhang, I'm, I'm just trying to work out a concept <laughs> um, about what it is that is uh, seeing ourselves. Well, the seeing is a Buddha nature, just awareness. Awareness that is confused or is disturbed or separating and taking things apart is awareness that has just gone awry and is a, shows up as passion, aggression, and ignorance, separation, warfare, conflict, hell realm, jealous God realm, hungry ghost realm, those states of mind that where there's polarity. Uh, so if I see those realms in somebody else, it, it's really easy to evaluate or judge it um, is. that. So what's the question? Yeah. Um, how do we, how do we see that without jumping on to a conclusion? Just notice that you jump. Just be aware of the jumping. Don't stop the jumping too quick, but don't necessarily hook up your vocal cords and start giving them a, you know, a lesson. And how not to be angry or something like that. But just just be aware that you're pretending to do that. There are different ways of working with it. So um, just like the the recommendation I have for people are having difficulty 
and I'm married or in a relationship, there's a something I call 90-10. Listen 90% of the time and talk 10, and your relationship dynamic will probably clear up quite a bit. It's because you're just going to listen to what the person is saying rather than chatter at them. When the wise uh, sees herself as the other, what's responding? There, there may not be any response. There may not be any any production at all. Maybe just receiving. Just, just a, a mirror does not do anything. But, but the mirror can't reflect unless something comes in front of it. When something comes in front of it, then it. Then it shows up as a mirror. Yuhong, uh, go ahead. You have another question? Yes, Yuhong Baoying. How do wise understand tolerance and no per protection? Bye. How do the, how do the wise understand tolerance? Yes, and, and no, no protection. Yeah. Or less protection. Bye. So the situation... Uh, situation that one can find oneself in can be uh, devastating for one, no matter how wise they are there physically, it could be threatened, it could be killed, and others could be being killed around them. So if there's a lot of devastation go going on, there is no way to even train the mind. We're, we're in a hell realm. And so, for instance, some parts of the world, and I won't go into those, we already know what they are. There's hell, it's hell. you can't, there's no training going on there. So if, there, if there's been no training, then there, there's there's not going to be, probably, there's not going to be anyone who uh, who is uh, wise, but who, who sees the true nature of this. And if they if they find themselves just downloaded into that, suddenly they, they were able to train and train and train, and then suddenly they find themselves in the midst, in a battlefield, or in a place where people are being harmed or tortured, it would be very situational. Uh, I can't say how that that one would function. Uh, they they may pick up a weapon. Possible. They may they may do any number of things. There there would be no way that needs to be done. They would function just with whatever they're seeing or with whatever they're seeing. They wouldn't necessarily show up as uh, someone thinking, "Oh, how wise of them! Look what they're doing there." being wise or being clear about the nature of, of who you are in this world is not so much a state of mind as it's, it is mind. And it doesn't have a, a personality may come and go in it, but the personality has no, has no gravitas. So it, it doesn't, it can't claim you as, you can't claim you as, uh, as your consciousness, uh, as somebody going somewhere or somebody that needs to stop this or start that. More room for questions if you want to bring them this way. Make them as hard as you can. Don't hesitate to ask me anything. Go ahead. There's a follow-up question from Udi. He'll do it. <laughs> he says, thank you for the response. I was just asking to see if the answer would shed some light from a different angle that might support or 
support or quicken the seeing? Can we quicken it or is that just materialism? I don't think it's uh, materialism. We have so much time in this uh, in this realm. We all know if we go if we go to that uh, index, we have so much time. Death comes without warning. You know, practice that is said. Uh, one of the th- one of the slogans is "practice like your hair is on fire" because it is. The things are going. The the materialism, materialistic appearance of consciousness in a material form, is an area where you actually can begin to practice. It's very difficult to practice in the intermediate state because the intermediate state doesn't have. Uh, relative space, nor does it have relative time. It's always now, or it's always now here too, but we tend to have a past and a future and have a yesterday and a tomorrow. Read the last couple of lines of the Sense in Ming. Talked about that. Or the heart mind of, what's his name? So So speed it up by, pretty obvious, but Train your mind. Sit down, hold still, and watch the continued confusion of the mind come and go and come and go and come and go. Show up and disappear and show up and disappear. Just watch that in your own mind stream. When you hold your body very still, you get to you get to see a very, very clear picture of the way confusion keeps setting up some kind of a structure that is true and knocking down something else that it thinks is false. Passion, aggression, and ignorance. So I think we can dedicate the merit. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. of the ten directions and the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light. If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokukoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org.